In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Buried in the middle of the Hebrew scriptures, there is this beautiful little book called Ruth. It is a love story, but it's not the kind of love story that we would normally think of. It's really a love story between an older woman and her daughter-in-law. Naomi and her husband moved to Moab because there was a famine and they thought there might be more food there. They had two sons, Malon and Chilion, which in the Hebrew mean weakling and weaker still. <laughs> you can see why they died if they were given names like that. Malon and Chilion grow up and they get Moabite wives, Orpha and Ruth. And then not only does her husband die, but her sons die as well. So we have an elderly woman and two daughters-in-law. Remember that back in the time of the judges in Scripture, women were not able to own anything. They could not work. They were dependent entirely upon a man. So for an elderly woman to have two daughters-in-law was a recipe for starvation. Naomi gathers her daughters-in-law and she says, go back to your homes. You can still go back, live with your parents, and find other husbands. You, each of you, can live. You can have a life. I'm old. Even if I were miraculously to have a husband and even a baby, it would take forever for that baby to grow up. Go back so you can survive. Orpha, one of the two young women, kisses her goodbye. But Ruth says these famous words that have become a beautiful poem that has echoed down through the centuries. Entreat me not to leave you or to return from following after you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. It's a story of a friendship. It's a story of extraordinary love. And it is the relationship of these two women that brought Ruth into the land of Israel where she would become the great, great, great grandmother 
of Jesus. So without this friendship between these two women, Jesus, as we know and love him, would not have been born. In the gospel, the Sadducees are questioning Jesus and they say, what is the greatest commandment? How do we need to worship? Do we need flowers or vestments? And Jesus says, the greatest commandment is so simple. And here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. When I picture this great commandment, I like to think of it looking like a cross. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And I used to think loving my neighbor meant loving all the people that were different from me, that needed help, that I didn't know, the refugees, the homeless, the sick, the dying, and all of that is true. But I forgot something really important. We're also supposed to love our friends. And loving your friends, in some ways, is the hardest and most profound kind of love. Last week, Father Gary Jones preached here, and he taught the class with me, the Dean's Forum. He gave us a beautiful image from Parker Palmer about the soul He said the soul of a person is like a wild animal. Picture a wild deer. If you want to see a wild deer, you have to go into the clearing and you have to be very, very quiet. You can't be rushing around making all kinds of noise and talking and doing or the deer won't come out. If you want to know your soul, your deepest self, You have to be quiet so that soul will emerge. And so it is with the best kind of friendships. A true friend walks alongside another person but doesn't do or fix or dance around them but just is quiet, honoring their journey and their solitude so that in that trusted, loving friendship, the true self can emerge. Nikos Kazantzakis has another way of putting it. He talks about watching on the bark of a tree as a butterfly was going to emerge from its cocoon and he was looking at this cocoon and there was a hole he could see that the butterfly was just beginning to push its way out and so he waited and waited 
And then he got impatient and thought he could help the process along, so he breathed on the cocoon, thinking that the warmth of his breath would help the process get going. And sure enough, the holes started to expand, the butterfly started to emerge, but when it came out, its wings were crumpled and warped. It couldn't fly. It was crippled by interfering with its development, by wanting to move things along, Kazansakas had injured the butterfly. He had injured it because he thought that it needed to happen faster. And he thought how he could help instead of trusting that within that cocoon, the butterfly knew exactly how to emerge in its own time, in its own way. And so it is that we often, in our friendships or in relationships with our loved ones, we try to force them to be who we think they should be. And we give them lots of unsolicited advice, thinking that we can help and we can fix it. And we injure them. And their souls cannot emerge because we're rushing around doing and fixing and giving advice and being unpaid therapists. You know, when you think about it, at the very root of the life of the church is a friendship. It's the friendship between Jesus and Peter. And if you look across the Gospels, you see Jesus walking alongside Peter, watching as Peter bumbles and says the wrong thing, and even eventually denies Jesus and still stays with him and returns even after his death, waiting for that butterfly to emerge and when it is finally time for Peter to become all that God has made him, he flies and becomes the very first of the church. Parker Palmer talks about how his dad was his best friend. And all through school and high school, he never really wanted to study and didn't care very much. And his dad just had patience. His dad never scolded him. And it wasn't until college that he realized how much he loved to learn and started studying like crazy and went on to get a PhD. And he came back and said, Dad, all that time, you never scolded me for not studying. And his dad said, I knew. I knew that in your own time and in your own way, you were going to become all that God had created you to be. You were just doing it at your own pace. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself, including your friends. Amen.